scratched out. Let's see what God does with it. Let's stand in reverence to the reading of God's Word. As far as I'm concerned, and it's personal, the Bible to me is kind of like ice cream. Somebody asked me one time what my favorite ice cream is, and I just said, I guess whatever flavor I'm eating at the time just happens to be my favorite. So, this morning, John chapter number 20, verses 24 through the end of the chapter just happened to be my favorite. Really, we ought to take our shoes off for the ground we're standing on today in our text. is sacred ground. I love the doctrine of the resurrection of Christ. When Ruth came from Moab to Bethlehem, Judah, she ended up in a field of Boaz. It was harvest time. The seed had to die for there to be a plant and fruit to be produced. So every step that Ruth took in that field, she was on resurrection ground. And for 26 glorious years of being saved, every step I've took, I've took it on resurrection ground. If you're saved, you're living the resurrected life. John chapter number 20, verse 24. The Bible said, but Thomas, one of the 12, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples, therefore, said unto him, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days again, his disciples were with him and Thomas with them and then came Jesus. The doors being shut, as far as I know and as far as I'm concerned, the only way Jesus could have got in that room was to have walked through the wall. Only God could do that. There's you another text for impossibles, Brother Nathan. The doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, and hast believed, blessed are they that have not seen, and yet believe. Fathers, abide in your presence. I pray that you'd help me. These simple, feeble little thoughts I've got this morning, God, you'd burn them in our hearts. Help the pastor as he comes. And we'll give you glory, praise, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You can be seated. I want to uh, preach on this simple subject on carrying on after the crucifixion. Now, it shouldn't have been like that, but these disciples have had three of the most darkest, uncertain days of their life. If they'd have just been paying attention, they could have had three glorious days. But they were miserable. They had made their mind up as going fishing. Some of them made their mind up in our text that they wasn't going to believe even after he resurrected. Christ has been crucified. He has resurrected in our text. Now it's up to the disciples to carry on. And God, if I had a subtitle, I guess I would call it how to carry on when your Savior's gone home. And Jesus has left, and now 
with us, we have the responsibility of taking care of God's business is what I'm trying to say. And God has left us a lot of responsibilities on this earth and we've got to carry on. We can't quit. Three things and I'll be done. Number one, we're going to carry on after the crucifixion. We're going to have to have a hope in the resurrection. Uh, These guys, they wasn't looking for a resurrection. They weren't paying attention. They didn't know what was going to become. Only that woman that broke the alabaster box got the message that in three days if this temple be destroyed, I'll raise it again. I mean, if they'd have really paid attention, and I marvel a lot of times at the disciples how that they did not get the message till after the fact uh, that he resurrected when he dropped big hints bigger than a house right in front of them. All along the way, they still didn't pick up on it. Uh, but uh, if they'd have just had their hope in the resurrection. And uh, beloved, I'm glad, thank God, that 2,000 years later, we still believe in a resurrected Christ. That's what makes us different from the world. It makes us different from the Buddhist and the Mohammedist. It's a great God. We've got a Savior that died on a cross. And three days later, up from the grave, he arose. He is alive. Bless his holy name. Don't you? Uh, Often I preach to Baptist. I was in the graveyard at the Berea Baptist Church preaching this morning. And uh, shortest sermon you'll hear me preach all year long. Amen. You should have been there. It was chilly. And uh, I told them, I'm going to tell you all the same thing. Uh, it's amazing to me that we've got a God that died and resurrected three days later. And the same, by the way, the same power that got him up is the same power that got us up when we got saved. And it's amazing to me that we got so many Baptists. Hey, man, you look at them, you look, they look like they've been drinking vinegar, baptized in, in, in all. Hey, man, born on the backside of the moon in crab apple season. Look like their mother-in-law just moved in eternally. Amen. And you wonder if there's any kind of life on the inside. Well, if there is, your face is not proving it this morning. Can I get an amen right there? Neighbor, I'm telling you, when God moves in, he makes a difference. I'll never get over that night 26 years ago. On my way to a party, had a cooler full of beer, already started drinking. Y'all done heard it before, but I'm going to tell it again. I feel like telling about when I got saved. Amen. Thank God my walked up in that church and preacher preached against everything I'd ever done. Amen. It don't matter. You doper, the drunkard, the fornicator, the daughter. Amen. You're going to hell without God. You ain't never done none of that and you lost. You're going to the same hell up without God. And neighbor, I got on that order at night and I cried out to God and God saved me by the grace of God. And I ain't been the same since. Why in the world do you want to go to hell up when you can be saved and experience resurrection power. Just felt like I ought to say that this morning. Jesus saves. Simple as that. If you ain't saved, you're going to hell. You play little religious games all you want to. I love Easter. I, I'm not much on Facebook. Every once in a while I look. And some of these, if it were for Facebook, some people, and I mean maybe even some in here, I don't know, you wouldn't have a life. Oh, God, I mean, I walk my dog. Who cares if you walked your dog, okay? I mean, I mean I'll brush my Thanks for brushing your teeth, but you've got to tell the world you brush your teeth. 
It's, it's ridiculous. But I've seen some of the posts. Oh, be nice to the visitors on Easter. Be nice because you can't ever tell what'll happen. Well, that don't make no difference. If the only time you come to church is once a year, you're probably lost and you need to get saved. And somebody needs to look at your God-given eyeballs and tell you you're going to hell without God and one split second in hell, you're going to wish to God you had to turn loose of the dope and turn loose of the drugs and turn loose of the religion. And here I'm done, got off track preaching to somebody's going to hell, but that's fine. I don't have to stay on track. Somebody in this room today, if you don't repent, get right with God, you're going to burn in hell. That's a sad, sad fact of the truth of the matter. And the call of God has stirred up in me this morning to do the work of an evangelist. The call of God has stirred up in me to preach the gospel. God's working mighty in my heart this morning. That power that God reached out and saved me. Remember, he's wanting to get somebody else. He wanted to save somebody else. He wanted to watch somebody else. You walked in here lost. You walk out lost. You'll live your own life, do your own thing. Amen. And when we preach your funeral, if you go to hell and die before uh, anybody else, we preach your funeral. Oh, that God would have a man stand up and tell the truth about you. Here lies somebody didn't know God. Here lies somebody died without God. Oh, beloved, you don't want to go to hell. You can be saved by the grace of God. You can be born again. You can be free from your sin. You can be washed in the blood of Jesus. You can be saved. I got to hurry. I got something on my heart. You, you got There's hope that Jesus is alive. Why? So you can be alive. He came to give us life and to give it more abundantly. An abundant life. Not just a saved life, but a spirit-filled life. A life filled with purpose. You get saved, you have a reason for living. You get born again. Be an example to your children. Be an example to your nieces and your nephews. Be an example. Be that good godly aunt. Be that good godly mama. Be that good godly person in somebody's life. That's what you need to be. You need to be saved. God's dealing. God's speaking to somebody this morning. I wish you'd listen. I know what it's like. I had all all my sin in the truck and out up under the back porch at my home. I sit there that night and I say, you know what? I ain't no way I can live this Christian life. I've been living like this so long, I can't do it. And Brother Nathan, before God ever saved me, he spoke to me. You know what he said? He said, you won't have to. I'll live it through you. <laughs> Some of you trying so hard to be a Christian. Write this down in your Bible. It is impossible to be a Christian without Christ. That's right. Amen. Yes, sir. You can't do it. I, I dare not. I, I feel I want to apologize for being so scattered, but I'm not going to apologize for saying what I'm saying this morning. You playing the game? You 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 faking it? I hate the statement "fake it till you make it." I don't like that. That's one of yours. I, we had one of the preachers at the camp meeting preach that one year. Fake it till you make it. I didn't like it. He's a great friend of mine. I didn't have words with him. I listened to it, and then the next night I had to fake it until <laughs> I made it through a little experience. 
And, uh, but really, you don't want to fake it. You know, you, 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 might, you might fake your way and smile when you're not really happy on the inside in certain circumstances. I understand what the guy was saying, so don't. But you're not going to fake it and make it into heaven. No, I'm a Christian. No, you're not. If you're a Christian, Jesus lives on the inside. People full of bitterness, full of hatred, full of rudeness. And you're going to die. Have I gone so far from saying it that I need to say it again? If you're lost, you're going to die without God and go to hell. We're going to carry on after the crucifixion. There has to be hope in the resurrection. Our text this morning, I read it. There, Jesus said to Thomas, reach hither thy finger. He shows up. This wasn't an in-your-face display of himself to Thomas. Oh, look here. No, it was the grace of God to an unbelieving believer that needed to have another encounter with Jesus. And uh, he said, reach hither thy hands and thrust it in my side. He said, and behold my hands. Well, how would you like to have been there? Jesus walked through the wall and he looked at Thomas and said, here they are. Said you wanted to put your finger in them. Here they are. If we're going to carry on after the crucifixion, there has got to be not only a hope in the resurrection, but there has got to be a hand of reality. I can't emphasize it enough. My vocabulary would limit me in how I really want to preach this this morning. And I only got one way to say it. God's real. I mean, does it need to get any deeper than that for you? Do you need some fancy words? Do you need a fancy definition? I just tell you, God is real. This is not a figment of our imagination. This isn't something that somebody just all of a sudden dreamed up. You can't dream up stuff like what's been wrote in our King James Bible. Amen, God. Amen. This is real. Amen. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Amen. Jesus really was born of a virgin. And he really lived a 33 and a half year sinless perfect life. And he really did die on a cross. And he really did get up three days later. And he really is working in this place this morning. He's not dead. He's alive. He's real. He's real. God is real. Hollywood hates God. If you're right with God, you'll probably spend more time turning things off than you would turning them on. Amen. Hollywood don't love God. Hollywood don't love the Bible. This world hates God, but he's real. If God's not real, then I will quote our dear friend, Brother Adcock. And he said, if God ain't real, who's that in my spirit cutting cartwheels right now? It's a hand of reality. God's real. God's blessings are real. God's providence is real. God's Purpose is real. God's cause is real. God's Christ is real. God's Christians are real. God's heaven is real. God's uh, hell is real. Everything about God is real. There 
won't find no fool's gold when it comes to God. He's 100% gold. He's 100% God. Amen. You'll find no fault in him. He's holy. He's perfect. He's righteous. He's God. He's good. Besides him, there's none else. I like what the little Shulamite girl said over in the Song of Solomon. Yea, he is altogether lovely. Amen. He's everything you'll ever need. I mean, you've been trying to find peace in drugs and trying to find peace in religion. There'll be none to be found. But you get around a real God and let a real God do a real work in your heart. But we're going to carry on. We're going to have to have a hand of reality. Amen. Most people don't live like God's real. Most people live like he's dead. Kind of like that church I was preaching in that time. One of the deacons had a heart attack while I was preaching. They called 911. Brought the finest ambulance you ever seen. Brought the finest stretcher you ever seen. I mean, Sister Jack- Jacqueline, they had the jumper cables. That's going to jump start his heart. I mean, that's going to, I mean, I, I mean, pop him up off a table six inches. I mean, they're going to lay it to him. And do you know that they shocked five deacons before they found the one that actually had a heart attack? <laughs> that's how dead that church was. Amen. That didn't really happen. I heard that. I, I heard Brother Mays Jackson say that 25 years ago, and I just couldn't get away from it, okay? I'm not going to steal your message, but I'll steal your story and your illustrations, all right? At least I'm honest about it. But God, somebody call 911. Is that a doctor in the house? Hey, somebody in here needs to be shot back into believing that God's real. I'm telling you, when God showed up and it showed Thomas's hands and showed Thomas's sides, it was a revival in the heart of those disciples. Now, tell you what we need. We need God to show back up in church and to remind us it's real. It's right. It ain't a sin to worship God. It ain't a sin to shout. It ain't a sin to praise him. And they look at some people by their attitude and the look on their face. You think it's a sin, but it's not. Can I get a witness? Thirdly, and I'm done this morning. Thirdly, we got to carry on because there's hope in the resurrection. There's a hand of reality. And then lastly, and I close, we've got a bunch of heathen that need to be reached. If I could, we've done it. We won't take the time this morning. I wanted to. Maybe if God had ever lead the pastor to do it or you do this sometime. We've done it in Sunday school last Sunday morning. Never have done it. I was taking prayer requests. All the girls, there were one or two of the boys there. I said, we're going to call somebody's name out that's lost. And we're going to start praying for them. And we had probably, what, Brother Chris, 10 students in there. Went around the room. Brother Chris and I, there's 12 names called out. Of people that need to be saved. I can't emphasize it enough. I can't tell it enough. Jesus is soon coming. Every day of our lives, 
Tell somebody about Jesus. I am not opposed, nor am I against an organized visitation program. But may I just be bold this morning and say it. If we'd all get filled with the Holy Ghost, if we'd all get a burden for sinners, we wouldn't have to have 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon knocking on doors. We'd be going after them every day of our lives, and we'd be bringing them in. You know somebody. I know somebody. You know somebody that's lost and going to hell. Bring them Wednesday night. Well, it's Wednesday night prayer meeting. Pastor might preach on... It don't matter. It don't matter. What if the pastor decides he's going to preach on modesty or separation or bring them? He'll mind the Holy Ghost and preach. And I promise you somewhere in the message, God will allow him to do like he did this morning. Get up and give some verses on the gospel of Jesus Christ, even if he ain't necessarily preaching to them. They'll hear the message. Get them. I got Brother Britt Gordon. How long you been saved now, Brother Britt? Don't let this go to your head, okay? It might not mean much, but you and your, you and your family, y'all are a precious blessing to us. Blessing to the church, is you not? Brother Philip, how long you been saved? 42 years. Brother Pastor been a blessing to me and my family. How about y'all? Bishop, how long you been saved? Since you was 12. Nathan, how long you been saved? That's great. I've got 26. Dustin, how long you been saved? Well, Dustin and them come to the trip been a blessing, haven't they? You know what we need? We need another brick Gordon to walk through the doors of that church. Get on this altar and get saved. We need another Philip Kirkendall to get born again. We need another Jeff Cannon, another Sister Stephanie, another Stacy. We need, we need more of us to get saved. Wouldn't it be a blessing to see a, another fella kind of lined up like old Dustin there and just walk in and get born again, get saved? <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it glorious? We're looking at this thing so wrong. And motives ain't right half the time. Why we ain't seeing people saved like we ought to? You want another notch on your Bible? You want somebody patting you on the back for leading somebody to God? Or would you like to see somebody come in and get saved and get filled with the Holy Ghost? I know I ain't been much. I ain't turned the world upside down like I wanted to when I started out, but I'd like to see another John Morgan walk through the doors and get saved. I'd like to see another Michael Barmer walk through the doors. I'd like to, I'd like to see another Brittany on a, on a New Year's Watch night service. And I, I know that preacher pretty well. One of them had preached that night, and I know he dropped a plow and preached against everything. And old-time Holy Ghost preaching didn't bother her that night. I'm talking preaching against sin, and God got a hold of her, and she got saved. I'd love to see another Brittany Barnwell walk through the back doors of this church. There's old brother Gary, Gary Corn and Sister Diane. Dear God, well, wouldn't you like to see another set of them walk up in here and get a hold of Ghost born again? Amen. How many of y'all, some of y'all sitting there crying with me. We're weeping, we're rejoicing. 
You sit here and cry on a pew all you want to, but if you don't get off your tail and go tell somebody and get them in the house of God, if it's as good as we say it is, and good neighbor, it's a whole lot better than I can say it is, that we ought to be getting the word out that Jesus saves. He's alive. He's the best thing that could ever happen to you. He saves. Oh, God's wrung my heart. I got to quit him. I'm, I'm, I'm over. He told me to take my time, try for a time. I went over. It was, uh, I got permission to go over. I don't like to do that. But, oh, God, we need the power of God. So come on, come up here with me. We're going to sit around mad and fussing and grieving the Holy Ghost. People ain't going to get saved. You sitting there trying to pastor the church from the pew. Ain't nobody going to get saved. Y'all pick, come, come with me. You ticked off and mad about something that's stupid that don't even matter. You didn't get your way about something. You're going to grieve a Holy Ghost. We're going to come in here and we're going to have dead service after dead service after dead service. When we've got a living Savior that's very much alive and wants to save sinners. We've got to reach somebody. And I'd see it. There's this Michael Barmore back here. Michael, I'd love to see another one just like you. I'd love to see a thousand more. Just get up in these altars and get saved, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you love to see it? See these little church kids. I, J.P. and Dalton. I tell you what, they've been a blessing to me. I'd love to see 20 more just like them get saved, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? That's how we carry on. That's how we carry on. It was a blessing to see. Joe, it was a blessing to see your wife walk down the aisle. Said she got saved coming down the aisle. That shook some of that sword crowd up, but I'm glad it did. Didn't make me nervous a bit. <laughs> Shake some of that easy prayerism crowd up. <laughs> oh, you nervous, ain't you? Didn't get to lead them in your little old formulated one, two, three, repeat after me. Now send them to hell prayer. So you ain't no soul winner. You're a soul dammer is what you are if you practice that mess. That's hogwash, buddy. That's, that's, that's heresy. That's another gospel. But I'm getting sidetracked here. Carrying on after the crucifixion.